welcome to a better lifestyle i am your host richard and i will be with you throughout this journey this show is here to empower individuals to do more in life professionally you will find a variety of topics that will help you to be more productive and more successful so join me and the professionals from different industries as we bring education and knowledge for more success. Hi everybody. My name is Richard Lesperance and I go by the name of My Man Richard. Welcome to A Better Lifestyle. Uh, today we're going to talk about raising money for your business. Uh, by using an uh, angel investor. So uh, I have a serial entrepreneur, a, su- uh, a successful uh, entrepreneur with me. His name is Tyler Horsley, and uh, he's going to share some uh, insights and give us some education in regards to uh, angel investing. So please, Tyler, tell everybody who you are, a brief resume of who you are in two minutes, and we'll get started. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, I have built and sold uh, about three or yeah, actually four companies in the last five years. Uh, All that originated when I founded a company called Nuclear Networking. And so I first and foremost started learning uh, and getting into the angel investing space as I created capital through marketing. And there's there's a lot of different ways that you can help companies that you're investing in. Uh, But one of the ways that I found in the way that I'm kind of here is in addition to just capital, giving companies marketing uh, experience and kind of the keys to success, what to do, how to grow, uh, kind of gave me an edge uh, that all parties appreciated. And so I'm currently the CEO at Nuclear Networking here in Denver, Colorado, and we create capital. It's private equity owned. And then we deploy that capital into you know other companies, angel investing opportunities, private equity investing as well. So yeah, that's a little about me, <laughs> 30,000 foot view. So okay uh what's the because i had a i had an episode before on venture capital sure uh, uh what's the difference what are the differences between uh venture capital and uh, angel investor sure yes there's uh there's there's a lot of different types of uh channels of investment um one of the most common is uh basically like private equity angel investing venture capital And then you can even do some family office. And so just kind of going through those four uh, real quick. So family office is typically if, um, you know, collective, as it sounds, family or or maybe an inheritance needs to be redeployed. There's a certain amount of capital. It's typically family owned, uh, but they start an office and then they hire individuals within that office to invest in companies and help basically grow the wealth. So that's that is actually um, uh, fairly close to something like private equity. Um, where I work uh, now, basically we have a fund. So a certain amount of money, you know, in the bank, so to speak. And then with that fund, we deploy that money uh, into real estate, company investments and more. But in private equity, how that differs from like venture capital and angel investing, private equity is typically a little bit more hands-on, right? So they're going to be in, uh, the investors will actually be in the company at a board seat level, on an advisor level, maybe rotating people, you know, if things aren't working, putting a new CEO in or a new COO, uh, these types of things. 
they're a little bit more hands-on in, in the um, in the act of trying to get these companies to grow. Uh, venture capital. Um, so I always think of like Silicon Valley when I think of VC and VC funds. Essentially, uh, usually they collect or they raise outside capital. So they'll go out to all these other investors and say, hey, give us X, Y, and Z. Here's what we're going to do with your money. Um, and kind of the rule of thumb in the VC world, and this may have changed, but is as far as I remember it, it's like they might go out and invest in 10 different um, you know, companies. And it's important for them to spend that money because they just raised it from other people. So they have to deploy the capital. And so typically out of 10 companies, they might, obviously they hope all of them succeed, but they really need like two to three of them to hit really well. And statistical likelihood, some of those companies might fail. And so to me, that's more of a, let's hurry up and invest and empower tons of companies and just see which ones succeed and see which ones. It's a, it's an educated gamble, right? And so um, taking outside capital and investing in companies, angel investing um, is, as I have been practicing, a little bit more passive. And so as an example, you might have startups. Uh, so one of the latest startups that I invested in was a roofing company out east, uh, east in the United States. Um, it's in the Virginia area. And essentially, you know, that's writing a check. <laughs> and so you're you're writing a check to founders and people that are going to create this thing. And certainly, you know, I know what's going on. I see the PLs, look at the business plan. I believe in the people, um, but I'm not in the day-to-day, you know, I'm not jumping on board meetings often telling them how to run their business or what to do. Um, it's it's more of a an alternative investment uh, source. So try to figure out how to rank those, but maybe from like completely hands-off to working in the day-to-day, I'd rank them exactly in that reverse order, right? It's like angel investing, venture capital, private equity, and family office. How many uh, how many deals have you have you have you've done in the past in regards to angel investing? Sure. Um, so I would consider some of the real estate stuff I do. I would still consider angel investing. And so what that looks like is again the the way that I kind of uh, see the definition is um, essentially, you know, more of a passive uh, investment stream, if you will, just kind of uh, cutting checks. So with with real estate involved, I've probably done, you know, eight different major real estate deals from, and, and when I say that, I'm not talking like a residential home, I'm talking, you know, apartment complex, um, opportunity funds as well, um, land development deals where they're basically starting with a plot of dirt, bulldozing everything, putting in, you know, sewer, electrical, you know, city and more, and then building on top of that, you know, entire mini malls and apartment complexes. So I've done, I've had quite a variety of experience in that space, probably eight, eight different larger deals that are non uh, single family or residential uh, related to businesses, uh, probably 13. Um, and then three of which I was heavily involved in and have already built and sold those three. And then the others, I've I've invested in other founders, and they're running that, uh, you know, company in the background for me. So, have you have have you had more wins than losses, or <laughs> uh, so far, man? Yeah, right. Knock on wood. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing, um, and I'm sure everybody who's listening can. Uh, for one, like what we haven't start, you know, chatted about because we we jumped directly to angel investing and more is like the five years of absolute pain and agony of being broke and starting a company from nothing and, and trying to make money without being able to get loans 
and then finally making some money and then redeploying that capital into one thing that worked and then doing that over and over and over again, kind of being a good steward of finance and trying to multiply that. So, so far, um, all of my investments have returned uh, more than I have put in um, other than the United States stock market that I've lost massive amounts of money in um, and almost lost money in one of the court reporting uh, deals that we were in just because COVID hit. And so I would say that deleting outside factors like who's the president or who's running the country or economic circumstances based on a pandemic, which I don't think a lot of us saw coming outside of like the acts of God and the craziness that you can't forecast. Uh, most of the investments return quite well, but you know, that could all change tomorrow depending on the swipe of a pen on a paper, depending on who's running the country. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, so what do you look for? when uh, uh to invest what, uh, are the, what are some of the stuff that you look for sure. yeah so so on the angel investment side like typically most angel investors i mean that speaks to like early early stage companies right and so i still look at um i try to i actually try to invest in people before companies. And so what that means is instead of just going out and saying, hey, here's a great idea, let's hire for it. I, I look for people who have really quality work ethic. Um, that was where I was raised, like a lot of people farm. It's very agricultural. And so I can tell you, like I've had a full-time job since I was 12. Um, I sound like my parents, like I walked uphill to school both ways. You know, like people say this when they were younger to communicate how difficult it was. But like I remember getting up before six and going out and like feeding and watering the horses when it's negative 12 below and like just different things that like people who have grew up, grown up on a farm who have any livestock, like those types of things would make sense. Um, less sense, obviously, if you don't have that experience, but um, the, the people aspect that I've learned kind of outweighs ideas. So if you have somebody who's relentless they they have really quality work ethic and they share similar values and what does that mean well i would say basic values like are they honest people <laughs> or are they going to steal everything from you when you're not looking right i mean it's it sounds ridiculous but it's like do they value do they have another group of people or a thing that they're working for besides themselves like do they have a family do they have kids do they have a cause or a purpose? Like, is there something behind why they're working or is it just all about them? And so I look for those things because typically when times get hard, which they almost certainly always do, um, you know, those extra motivators really help people continue to push through um, versus if they're just kind of out for themselves, they can quit quickly. And, and if I'm not going to be involved in running the company at an early stage, I just want to make sure that the investments in trustworthy hands. So people first, ideas second. And so um, I I guess the, the larger returns and the best places to typically start and the most risk, because usually the more reward you can get, that, that the risk correlates with that. Things can get more risky if you're going to get a bigger reward and things that are a little less risky, like real estate, you get less of a reward. You make far less money, but it's a little safer, right? especially through economical inflation and, and those types of things like owning assets is helpful. 
Um, but it, I've, I've built and sold anything from marketing companies to hot tub companies to federal court reporting and supplement companies. It's pretty much whatever I can learn exists online because um, I have access to some tools and some data sets since I work in marketing. I can tell you, here's how many people are looking for what you're selling in your area. This is a good investment or it's not, you know? And so that's kind of the tool that I use to start that process. Uh, what, uh, if someone is looking for an angel investor, what are some of the things that, uh, they should think about before approaching, uh, an angel investor? Sure. So what, uh, in, and for anybody listening, I definitely write some of this stuff down because I all go quick, but when you're going to fundraise for a company, which is typically why you would, uh, pitch to an angel investor, right? You have, you have a company idea, um, or you have something that you've proven out, but you need more finance to grow it further because you can't fund it yourself. Um, there's what's called a marketing packet. Uh, so as an example, like when companies go to sell, on the other hand, they have a SIM, a confidential information memorandum. And it's basically like a, a pitch deck or a PowerPoint deck. Here's your company. Here's about you. Here's about your company. Here's why you think it works. Um, you know, what data you've collected so far. Meaning like if I invest in companies, I kind of like to see the founders have done it on their own already. It's like, look, I already put my own money in my own sweat and tears and hard work. And I prove this out and it works. I just need more money to actually grow it from here to here. Right. And so when I see those types of companies, I, I have a lot more trust in the ideas because they're kind of already proven and the founder believes in them so much that they've done it themselves before asking for money. Right. Uh, versus somebody who's like, Hey, I have an idea. I've never done it before. Can you write a check? Those are, those are less likely to be funded. Um, and so that's just something that I, I guess, just summarizing all of that, I would really deeply think about the business, why you believe it's going to work, put some of your own money behind marketing to prove it out and show that you can drive leads with marketing and that this thing works. Like put some of your own money because it'll speak volumes to the investors. And then everything that you've learned, I would journal that and put it on paper. And then before you go raise money, um, I would YouTube <laughs> you know, how to put together an angel investor deck or how to raise money from angel investors. And just, there's kind of a map of how you do this, right? Um, and it's a little, you know, like I said, about your company, about you and everyone on your team, about the market in general, like, does the market need this? And then individual case study of you spending money and seeing it work, and then what you're going to raise and by how much. And um, the last thing I'd say to pair with that, and YouTube goes a long way, podcasts like yours go a long way, for learning. Um, I would also say like, do anything you possibly can to find a mentor who's already raised money with angel investors. And the way that you can do that, if you're located in the States, the SBA, uh, the small business uh, here, basically they have local representatives in each state uh, that you can actually reach out to for small business help. And you can just ask them. Another thing you could do is go to like a local um, business group I would just start Googling these things, reach out to people on LinkedIn, offer, you know, Hey, if I give you a $30 Starbucks gift card or something like, would you be willing to talk to me for an hour? And just, I'm trying to learn about angel investing and how to, you'll get so much great information. And, and you just want to make sure that you have all that packaged up in a bow when you go to raise money. So you look, you look trustworthy, right? So those are, that's what I would focus on. What are some, uh, what are some mistakes that you see people do when uh, they want to raise money? Um, 
a couple, I guess, uh, things that I, I have made. I'll just talk about my mistakes. <laughs> For one, um, if you get that mentor who's going to help you, keep that relationship sacred. So don't ask them for money. They're already giving you education. You want to build a friendship and you want to learn. And a lot of people, and I'm nowhere near wildly successful. I'm just getting started. But like a lot of people who are, who have been doing this for 20, 30, 40 years, they have a lot of knowledge and getting that knowledge and having that relationship is really going to help you avoid speed bumps, really expensive mistakes. Um, and it'll, you know, accelerate your learning by 30 years you know, as much as you're willing to put into it. So I would just say, keep those relationships sacred because if you ask them for money, they're going to stop taking your calls. You know what I mean? And so it just gets weird. It's kind of like your family or your friends. You don't want to be the guy always asking somebody for money. So just try to separate those things out and have relationships that are sacred that you you only learn from, you never ask from. Um, and then the second thing is, this is the hard part, but this is why you need a mentor again. It's like when you go to raise money, people aren't there to loan it to you. They're there to take part of your company. That's how you raise money. That's that's angel investing. And so I've seen founders come out of the gate like, I have the best idea in the world. I need to raise $2 million and I'll give you 1% of my company. No one's going to give you a check. It's not real. You know what I mean? It's you have... of a great idea and 0% revenue, right? And so you're selling a dream. You're not selling a real company in some sense. And so I I would say on both sides, get an educated perspective, either through an investment banker or through your mentors of how much do you think this idea is worth? What do you think I should be offering in terms of equity for this raise? Uh, know, Know your value, right? Know the true value, like true market value so that you don't get taken advantage of and give away all your company early, but you also don't try to ask for too much. And, and those two perspectives are super important. And uh, those are mistakes you can avoid. How do you, uh, when it comes to the contract, how do you set up a, a contract with uh, an angel investor? Do they have a say in the company or uh, how does it work? Yeah, um, there. So pretty much, I would say. So there's a lot of fancy terminology and a lot of you know you could do options, warrants, equity, like debt. There, there's a lot of different vehicles, is what they call them, ways to do business together. But at a super high level, any listener thinking about raising money from an angel, any rules that both parties agree on are good, and so. That means that one deal might be different from the next. If you meet somebody who has a lot of wealth and they believe in you as a person and they just want to give you a shot, they're probably going to ask for a lot less and they may not even care about voting rights or anything like that. They just want to help you. Um, But if you're meeting somebody who is trying to make a lot of money on you, you know, they're going to want to be involved. And if they don't trust you or they've had a bad experience in the past, they might come to your company and, Hey, let me see your financials, this, that, and the other. And, and so I guess what I always tell people is be careful who you take money from because you on both sides, obviously you don't want to take money from somebody who just kills your spirit, micromanages you every day and, and kills that creative aspect because then, then your job and your free spirit of creating a company or whatever it is you're trying to achieve that becomes really sad. <laughs> like every day you're stressed out, right? 
The other thing I'd look at is you can get money from anywhere. Now, it doesn't mean that it's easy. And if you don't have a good idea, or if you think you have a good idea and nobody's giving you money, ask them why. Like genuinely be like, can you please be brutally honest with me and tell me why you don't invest in here so I can go fix this, right? And and if you have people that you trust telling you, like, I just don't trust you. I don't believe in your idea. Here's why. Take that constructive criticism and go back to the drawing board and see if you can answer those questions and then try it again and again. But what I've learned is if you're going to go raise money, a lot of people have money. Look for strategic investors. And so what that means is as a marketing company, if I were to go raise money tomorrow, I wouldn't just go to somebody with wealth. I would go to somebody who also maybe has another company that works with a hundred other businesses because businesses are my customers, right? And if that investor gives me a check, that investor is going to be incentivized for his money to grow or her money to grow. And so what they're naturally going to do is go, oh man, I have this other company. Maybe all of my hundred companies could use your marketing and now everything grows, right? And so I always try to, you know, find strategic investors and and just make sure that who you're taking money from can add value, not stress. So, what's the uh, what can be the ROI on uh, the return on investment for uh, for the angel investor? Um, so that depends on quite a few factors. Uh, it depends on how much you put in, at what stage you put money in. And uh, likely has a lot to do outside of the success of the company, which, you know, if the company fails, that's that's the answer. But um, it also has a lot to do with the industry. So I'll give you a couple of different examples on real estate deals. There are a couple of different ways to invest. Um, there is a GP. So you can invest as like the general partner and or there's an LP, uh, which is the uh, limited partner, uh, loan partner. There's, there's variations, but what that means is like, if you're the, the general partner, typically back to that rule, the higher the return, the higher the risk. So if you're a general partner on a deal, you might actually sign for a loan to create an apartment complex. Even though you didn't put all the money in, your name's on that paper. So if that thing dumps or falls, you're on the line with a bank um, because like your name's on it, right? But if you're certain that that investment is going to grow and, and you have the opportunity to invest as a general uh, partner, um, you know, your returns are going to be preferred. Like you get all the first returns because you took the most risk. Right. And then second from that loan partner, or I'm sorry, limited partners, these, uh, the LPs, um, essentially as they invest, they take less risk. They're not on the paperwork at all, other than the initial investment agreement. So if they, you know, if the whole thing goes kaput and, and goes down the drain, you're not, personally liable for all of the credit and more that's on that building, but your return is a lot less. So that's real estate. So that's just at what stage you get in and how much you put in will determine kind of where you're at um, there. Separate from that, companies don't, the way that companies are calculated is quite a bit different. And so if you were to go sell a home tomorrow uh, in the States here, they would pull comps so that just means they're going to look at what every other home around you kind of sold for. And then they're going to weigh that into, well, you know, these homes sold for 800,000 or 500,000. So your home kind of looks like those. So your home should kind of sell for this too. That's, that's essentially what they're doing. And so in the business world, if you're selling a marketing company, 
marketing companies, they're going to pull comps. Like what do other marketing companies sell for? And what you very quickly learn in the angel investing world is there's different multiples on adjusted net profit or EBITDA. I may know I'm using, I don't know, everybody tracks with, with some of that language, but basically if you run a hundred dollar business, you know, you, you make a hundred bucks a year and $10 of that is profit. We'll use this math. If it's a service company like marketing, a car wash, you know, something like that, most of those companies sell for three to six times EBITDA or adjusted net profit, which is all fanciness aside, that 10 bucks that you made profit, multiply it times three or times six. So your company is worth 30 to $60. However, if you and I had a company that was a softwares of service company or an AI company, so software platform, and it, it you know, we charged, we made a hundred bucks a year and $10 was profit. Those companies, because they rely far less on humans to run them, those sell for 10 to 30 times adjusted net profit. So now you're like, holy cow, man. Like if it's a service company making the same amount of money, it only sells for 30 bucks. If it's a software company making the same amount of money, it could sell for $300. So you start thinking about that as an investor. It's like, I know that I could put in the same amount of money and the same amount of work, but certain types of companies are worth more than others, even if they make the same amount of money. And so those are things that I that I really look at. So what is the ROI? It, it really depends on all those different factors. You're you're more likely to have a higher return on investment if you're investing in software uh, or AI, but you have greater risk as well, right? So hmm. uh, last words in regards to everything we talked about in uh, let's say in two minutes. Yeah, I, I'd say last words is like really listen, just consume information like. Uh, what did you say? My man, Richard over here, like listen to his podcast, consume podcasts like these and, and YouTube channels like these, where you can learn how do people invest? What's a realistic return? What are the best? Like just, you have a lot of free education online. This is a prime example of that. Whereas back in the day, this was limited knowledge. You had to go get an MBA or become an investment banker or do A, B, and C. Like there's so much free information. Anybody can learn this stuff. And if you know the language, like that's going to help you go so far uh, if, if angel investing is even important to you. Some of these deals that I've sold, I've, I've negotiated our own sale price because I knew the lingo. And I talked about discretionary earnings and adjustments and what to do and how to look at these things. And it, so I, knowledge is power. I know it's it's cheesy, but I would learn as much as you possibly could. That would be, and, and get really solid mentors in your life. Uh, where can people find you on social media or the internet? Sure. Yeah, so you can email me directly, tyler at nuclearnetworking.com. I'm on LinkedIn as well. And uh, those would probably be the two two best places to connect. Okay. Uh, thanks a lot, Tyler, for being here. And uh, uh, it's one of the topics too I wanted to uh, touch, uh, angel investing. I did, like I said before, I did an episode on venture capital. So I guess it wraps it up maybe for the year uh, sure. <laughs> for for raising money. So people have some, uh, some tools, some uh, knowledge to go forward. So thanks a lot for, for being here. And it was nice meeting you and talking to you. Uh, on that, <laughs> thanks. Uh, on that note, 
thank you everybody for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Uh, podcast. Uh, welcome to a better lifestyle. My name is Richard Mesperance, and I was with Tyler Horsley. And we'll see you on the next episode, everybody. And bye. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you. No problem. Thanks. Thank you for listening. If this is your first time listening to the podcast and you like it, please don't forget to subscribe at the end. Thank you and see you next time.